Jay Farner here, CEO of Rocket Mortgage and Rocket Companies. Last year, we saw historically low mortgage interest rates. What you may not know is that interest rates are already starting to increase, and it's likely that trend is only going to continue. Our team of experts is standing by to help you save before rates go up. Don't look back and wish that you had taken action. Call 833-8-ROCKET or visit rocketmortgage.com. Rocket. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender license in all 50 states and MLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. We're in a battle for America's soul. Liberty is at risk. It's time to speak up. Welcome to Brooke Talks America with author, publisher, conservative advisor, and patriot. Brooke says, for years, Brooke's been behind the scenes, helping conservative leaders articulate a vision for a better America. Now, she's front and center, and the mic is hot. Here is your host, Brooke says. Hello, hello. Welcome to Brooke Talks America, where we discuss politics and culture from an unapologetically conservative perspective each and every time. I'm here with my co-host, Colonel Jim. Uh, I'm your host, Brooke says, conservative patriot, proud, deplorable, still and always MAGA and America first, and columnist, which you can read on my website, brooktalksamerica.com or btaradio.com for short. Make sure you connect on Facebook and Twitter. Everything is now synced at Brooke Talks America. Uh, that's how you can find it. Check out the, e- you know, send me an email if you have any, any questions that you have uh, or comments about the show. The website, as I said, btaradio.com. If you'd like to partner with the show and be a sponsor and get your business or service or product in front of like-minded people, let me know about that. Um, check out the website. You can listen to archive podcasts of the show on my website, and I'm also on Captain's America Third Watch every first and third Tuesday morning at 5.30 a.m., both on this station, Salem Media Group, or on AM860, The Answer. And the podcast is available everywhere, iHeartRadio, Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Podomatic. Also, I have an app, which you can find in the Play Store. So my article this week, it'll be up tomorrow night, Fascism from the Boardroom, part of what I'm going to be talking with my guest today, Corporatizing American Government. You thought your vote actually mattered? Oh, that's so cute. Not only does it not count because the Democrats arbitrarily changed voting laws under the premise of the China Wuhan coronavirus, and any opposition to that is racist, naturally, but also politicians don't even need to pretend anymore. They've outsourced their authority to their leftist partners in unelected woke corporatopia. Check it out, btaradio.com. So let's get to the deli. My guest today is Representative Anthony Sabatini, who is a Republican member of the Florida legislature who represents the state's 32nd House District and who is also a captain in the Florida Army National Guard, which he is doing this weekend. So as always, thank you for your service. He's a great conservative Republican who, like me, likes to do battle on Twitter. He's been on the show before to talk about the mask mandates as well as his bill prohibiting prohibiting the mandatory enforcement of the coronavirus vaccine in Florida, as well as an update on the mask ordinances and its efforts to abolish them. We're still waiting for the uh, communists in Tampa and uh, Hillsborough to stop. But anyways, we have some updates on that, as well as the bills that he and the Florida legislature, Republican strong, have put forth and passed. We love freedom. Florida is flexing for freedom. And Anthony is on the front lines. He's an unapologetic conservative, which makes the rhinos mad and good for it. That's why we like him and like having him on the show, because that's what we are. You can find him on Facebook and Twitter. It's Sabatini with one N. They're always going after Anthony. So we love that. With that, I'd like to welcome you back to the show. Anthony, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me on, Brooke. Always, always a pleasure. Absolutely. So when we were uh, on, when you were on last, it was the beginning of January, actually the first show of the year. I don't believe that we talked about the fact that you're actually running for Congress. So you're a Florida state rep, but you're running for Congress uh, in your district. How's that going? That's correct. Yeah, it's going good. It's going really good. Yeah, the uh, Florida, if you saw in the news, gets a new congressional seat. So I'm running for that one. It's uh, going to be all, all along the I-4 corridor in central Florida near Orlando, kind of uh, between Orlando and Tampa, but closer to Orlando and the villages. Very nice. We need we need conservative represented, uh, representation in the I-4 quarter because it's like super blue right now. So that's a great thing. So regarding the legislation, so much is going on. I mean, Florida is totally... They're going after DeSantis, obviously, and they're going after Florida because the left hates freedom, they hate liberty, and they 
They hate anybody who fights against Fauciism. You know, I wrote an article about him. He is the Jim Jones. I mean, people that follow him would literally follow him over the cliff to drink poison. So, uh, but they're doing all kinds of things to prevent the left from infiltrating in the state. There was a bill that passed um, which prevents tax, state tax dollars from going to the NCAA or any other business which attempts to boycott the state. So the snowflakes are crying over that, you know? How, how, why should our taxpayer tax dollars be given organizations who are against us? Yeah, well, obviously there's no good argument for allowing taxpayer money, public taxpayer money to be used uh, to subsidize or make profits for woke companies that hate our state. And so, yeah, the, the law is very clear. If, um, if an organization or association such as the NCAA decides to punish Florida by moving tournaments away or something along those lines um, because they're unhappy with what the legislature has done by, you know, and they, and they make that public by stating so like they always do, then they'll actually uh, be punished in a very harsh way. Basically what we've done is we've made it that any in it, for example, if you take that specific case, any college or university wouldn't be able to use taxpayer money to pay to be dues-paying members of the NCAA. So if the NCAA tried to punish Florida, they would lose, you know, an enormous amount of members. We have 13 universities and 20 colleges yeah. or something like that. So it, they'd be in a really, really bad shape if they did try to uh, punish us. We'd punish them first, basically. Well, that's one of the things that I love seeing now is the states. You know, the government is the government is supposed to be run that way. What's not attributed to the federal government goes to the states. And the states, the Republican states, are flexing. And it's so important because the, the person that's in, in, uh, installed in office now is totally a top-down, tyrannical, uh, idealistic person. And they don't want states and individuals to have any rights. So it's awesome. You are, as I mentioned, a uh, member of the Florida National Guard. I love this. You co-sponsored a bill called Defend the Guard in Florida, which would prohibit the Florida National Guard from deploying to active combat without a formal declaration of Congress. You know, um, I had I had Joe Kent on, who's running for Washington Third Congress. He's a, a former Green Beret. His wife. He's also a Gold Star husband because his wife was a special operator as well and died in uh, 2019. She was killed by an IED. These are. The, the neocons, you know, like the fist bump, right? You saw um, Cheney bombs away, Cheney fist bump with Biden. They don't care. They love war. They want to send someone else's kids, not their own, because they don't have to touch it and feel it and see what it actually does to people. So they want to roll under the AUMF forever. So I talk about your bill, and I'm so glad that you, that you did this. Absolutely. Yeah, well, it's a very common sense bill. It simply says that the states need to um, comply with the Constitution. Well, the federal government needs to comply with the Constitution. The states have a role in asserting that. So this legislation, if it was passed, it didn't pass this session, but it got a good conversation started. We're going to be doing it again next year. Uh, but what it says is the federal government must follow the Constitution, which says before you can send troops overseas, you have to, de uh, uh, you know, declare war. Declare Basically, you can't start a war or engage in a war or further war until you declare war. And since 1945, the Congress has cowardly avoided its duty to declare war ahead of time. And it started with Korea, which was a police action, but today they don't even do that. We just, we just have troops stationed all around the world um, in a uh, armed posture without any declarations of war. So. What the states can do to fix this is they can pass a statute that says if the government wants to pull, if the federal government wants to pull from their National Guard supply, that they have to first declare war, which, as we know, they'll never do because they refuse to do it because it's politically, they'll be hold, held accountable politically if they did. So, therefore, they probably just wouldn't send the troops downrange. And, um, you know, this is not only the right thing to do because it squares with the Constitution, but it, it, I think it. It furthers an America first foreign policy that makes our congressmen and those who are just shilling for the DOD and the uh, mm -hmm. foreign policy establishment, permanent establishment in D.C., 
it makes it harder for them to pull from the National Guard. And as we know, is you know, 40%, 50% of the deployments these days are rotated from the state National Guard, uh, you know, the National Guard to the various states. So this is a great piece of policy in more than one way, and it definitely needs to be the law. But we're up against the uh, defense establishment and uh, the neocons who were fighting it. And so we couldn't get it through this year, but we're trying again next year. Well, that is awesome. And are we? do we still have troops in, uh, in the occupied city of District of Columbia from Florida? Do you know? Yeah, we, no, no, not for that. We have uh, other troops that go to D.C. for actual training, nothing to do with uh, um, securing the streets of D.C. or whatever. We actually pulled all our troops back. First of all, they should have never been sent there. Yes. Uh, I was disappointed to see the uh, uh, decision made to send them there. But I was very happy when DeSantis pulled them all back within, I think, a week or two after the uh, politicization of the uh, troops deployment began. So um, that was a very encouraging. I applaud DeSantis for doing that. But really, they should never have been sent. They're the most police city in the world. There's, I think, something like 21 police agencies in the D.C. area. So there's no need to bring the National Guard in. It was a pure political uh, decision. Yeah, and you know the uh, I don't remember who it was. One of the uh, people in the DOD said that they wanted to take them out. Uh, I guess it was the head of the National Guard, and, and uh, Austin said no. So they want the flex. They want to be able to act like January 6th was some actual dangerous thing. Meanwhile, BLM and, and Antifa roam ar around the rest of the country unabated. Well, you're listening to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, here with Representative Anthony Sabatini, and we will be right back after the break. More Brooke Talks America coming up. To Brooke Talks America. Visit on Facebook. Search Brooke Talks. And now, your host, Brooke Says. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, and I'm here with Representative Anthony Sabatini. So, there are a couple of bills uh, that appear to have passed that are unbelievably important, and I just can't even tell you. Of course, it means that you're going to have major attacks, which have already started. I understand. So the, the bill, the transgender bill, uh, in, prevents men from infiltrating girls' sports in Florida. That passed. How is this a controversial issue? I don't even understand. Yeah, it shouldn't be. I thought it would just be common sense. I think everybody sort of implicitly understood that, you know, when we separate sports into categories based on gender, we mean biological gender. When a girl at age 15 wants to play in the soccer team, we don't mean, uh, you know, she can play any team she feels she needs to be on. We want, the, we want it to be an even playing field, and so we have those categories so that way they can evenly compete against people with similar peers who have sim similar physical advantage and physical structure. Right? It's, it's very common sense. Nobody would have ever doubted it, but in the insane, crazy, woke times we're living in, uh, people started to uh, want to mess with that. Everything has to be flatlined and destroyed. Every category has to be questioned, uh, you know, under the woke wokeism regime that we're seeing on the left. So this bill is common sense. It's actually very uh, popular. It's a bipartisan bill. And there are a lot of Democrats, actually, who they might not have the courage to say it publicly, but they support it. And it's a common sense bill. It simply says that you have to play on the sports team of your biological gender, which has always been the case. Well, and the other thing that's so crazy about this is where are the feminists, right? So they've been fighting for, you know, I've talked about this on the show. It's like they've been fighting for equal rights and equal protection, including specifically the ability to play sports in colleges and universities. And a lot of the leftist wokey-wokes are on board with discriminating against women, which is insane. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, I'll push back a little bit on that. There actually are a lot of women who are super concerned and uh, angry about what's happening and how wokeism is using transgenderism to destroy women's sports. But the media simply doesn't highlight it. You know, yeah. we, see, we look around, we see, well, where are these people? Where are they? Well, the media simply refuses to write stories or interview 
any of the women who are alarmed by the fact that their sports have been destroyed and their children's sports, mothers who's, you know, young girls, their children's sports have been destroyed. So uh, they exist, they're out there, they're vocal, but the media doesn't want to give them a voice. So all we see is this deceptive media reporting where, you know, they try to highlight these, these sort of freaky people that believe that, you know, what we're doing as Republicans is outrageous, uh, yeah. you know, to make it that everyone has to play in their biological team, which we've done since, the you know, basically the history of sports in the last 140 years. Um, but it, it's really just a media narrative they've created, and, and they've done some really deceptive reporting to make it look like uh, only one party supports this. It's pretty sad. Well, the other, you know, Tucker talks about this, which is great, and he has ardent, hardcore feminists on his show. They're the his show is the only one that will have them, which is amazing, you know. But the other thing that I I don't understand is the G Mafia. You know, trans, in my opinion, transgenderism, this major push, is actually anti-gay. I believe it's kind of like I don't want my kid to be gay, so I'm going to say they're just confused, you know, with their gender. But another, this is this is a kind of a segue. Another huge bill, and this is again so important because the states the states are going to have to do what the the DC government won't do is uh, the bill to crack down on big tech and social media censorship in Florida that has also passed. This is why voting Republican down ballot is so important because when the full federal government goes full tyranny, states rights are the ones that are going to take up the slack. So that was great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So one of the things that I love about you is, you know, you have great Twitter game. You understand culture, which is what my show is all about, politics and culture from a conservative perspective. As I men- mentioned, I had, you know, Joe Kemp on there, a the bunch of other people like yourself. The new, they don't like this, okay? And, and I don't know if you got a chance to watch Tucker last night. He absolutely, for like 15 minutes, completely moabbed and nuked the Republican Party, you know? And we're Republicans, but we're not establishment Republicans, which is why they don't like, you know, people like us, because we're ardently conservative. But the new Republicans that are going to Congress, that are in the State House, wherever it is, have to be conservative. America first, MAGA conservatives. You know, Joe Ken is... is is a primary uh, fellow Republican who's just a rhino. So it's like, and she uh, voted to impeach President Trump. Have you ever, you need to get on the war room pandemic. Have they ever called you? Yeah, I'll probably eventually get on there. Uh, They haven't called me yet. I'm friends and know a few of the guys who go on there quite a bit. Um, So I'm sure eventually I'll jump on there. But right now, no, I haven't been invited. Well, well, we'll see what we can do about that, because you definitely need to get on there. That helps to get everybody nationwide. Um, so you were down, you were just down in Palm Beach with Big Papa for the Lincoln Day, right? Yeah, that's right. I was there. It was pretty awesome. I'm jealous, I have to admit. I'll be full disclosure on that. And now you're out on the trail with uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates. What's that about? Well, uh, they're doing a, a big event in the villages, which is right next door to my district. I'll be there. I don't know if I'll be speaking, but I'll definitely be there to stay in touch and support them. I think they're some of the best Congress um, Congress uh, men and women we've ever had. So. Yes. So when you go out on the trail, are you hearing a lot of anger from Republicans about what the establishment is doing and, and should I yes. say not doing to fight back? What are you hearing the most about? Like, you know, because they're really not doing anything to fight back against Biden. They're they're cozy. M- McConnell, Cheney, all of the uh, Graham, Gramnesty. I don't know what happened in South Carolina. You know, Tim Scott is to me not a great person to have done the rebuttal. But what are you hearing really? Well, I mean, people are furious. I think the disjunct, the gap between uh, what our elected officials believe and think we should be doing, and what the people of the Republican Party believe in what they believe we should be doing is wider than it's ever been. There's a huge disjunct between those two groups. And I try to tell my fellow elected officials in places like Tallahassee, uh, you know, and other elected officials throughout the country, you know, just how out of step they are with the movement and why their actions don't do anything to contribute to the building up and, and, uh, growth of the party. Um, but they don't listen because they're stuck in the bubble, right? Whether it's the Tallahassee yeah. bubble, the Washington D.C. bubble, you know, or you know, if they're state or local, county, the bubble there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. everybody, each of these politicians is locked in this 
little bubble of staffers and lobbyists and uh, ex so-called experts and then fellow legislators uh, of the moderate stripe. And they're just completely locked in with each other and they don't you know, have any real connection with the grassroots other than, you know, occasional happenstance meetings they have with some of their own voters. And so they just, they do a really bad job of reflecting their values. Um, I mean, yesterday I was probably, I was the only no vote on the yeah. state budget. The state budget was atrocious. It went up 10%. They did nothing to try to use the bail, the Biden bailout dollars to um, uh, provide tax relief to citizens, which they could legally do, despite what the news said. Um, so it, it was a terrible budget, big government, big taxes, you know, fighting climate change, all this garbage in there. But the, the bubble of the state capital, you know, it creates this cowardice in a lot of the elected officials where they don't want to do the right thing because they don't want to be ostracized or criticized or attacked. Um, by other members of the party who, you know, because when you act as a conservative, you sort of expose all the moderates. You know, the best yeah. thing about Marjorie Taylor Greene and Gates is it, they kind of show us what a congressperson who's fighting for our values looks like. And then, so that, but what happens is you automatically sort of get disappointed by everybody else who's not doing that. And so that's always an awkward uh, thing. And a lot of these folks, uh, you know, they uh, they just don't want to do that. They don't want that. They don't want conflict because doing the right thing is a hard thing to do, you know. Yeah. Well, and they don't want the heat, too, from the from the mainstream media. But you do. You get it. And we're glad for it because we need someone standing up for us. So, listen, um, I want to thank you so much for coming on. This is what the audience needs to know. You need to support people like Anthony and conservatives, not just with your vote, not just with your walking, but financially. We have an opposition party who has billions of dollars who support their candidates, and they support the grassroots conservatives that are out there working for the candidates, and we need that. So we need to help Anthony, all candidates like him, MAGA, America First candidates. So we'll talk with you next time and keep up to date on whatever's going on, and have a great weekend now that session is out. Thanks, Brooke. Have a great week. Take care. Absolutely. You're listening to Brook Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, and we will be right back after the break. More Brook Talks America coming up. One of the most idiotic ideas the leftist in media, government, school, indoctrination centers, and entertainment continue to yammer about is white privilege. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, government school indoctrinators in the state of Texas and elsewhere now spend more time convincing students that because the United States was founded by white men, our republic is no good. And they spend more time teaching that than reading, writing, math, and civics. Black Lives Matter bullies have frightened some white Americans into publicly stating they are ashamed of being white and renounce the white privilege they're blamed to benefit from. To those who seriously believe that only the white man, especially those who promoted Judeo-Christian ethics, free market economics, like me, also believe in a great United States of America and believe that our nation should be the great positive example to the world rather than the feeding trough for every illegal border crosser seeking to barge their way into our nation. People like LeBron James and every white person, USA hater, should take their foolishness to its most logical conclusion and give up basketball invented by a white man, their cars also invented by white people, and everything invented by white people and see how things go. I'm Ron Edwards. Check out the RonEdwards.com. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Welcome back to Brook Talks America. Visit on Facebook. Search Brook Talks. And now, your host, Brooke Says. Hello and welcome back to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says. Another excellent Ron Edwards notebook, as always. So with the rash that never goes away, the coronavirus, uh, Fauci is still out there because he's a celebrity. And the CDC is still running the show. Apparently, people are listening to that which I don't understand why. Uh, Savannah Guthrie is a very interesting figure, though. She has actually been vexed for the entire time and one of the only people in the media that calls out the little 
garden gnome, uh, Fauci, about whom I wrote a great article, which you need to check out on the site. Here is a clip from her, and I find it very interesting. You know, she's calling him out without calling him out. I have a feeling that she would like to say more, but she can't. But this is very good. I get it. it. You know, it sets up a strange situation, especially when you start talking about kids. I'll tell you a story. I walked to pick up my little girl at the bus stop yesterday after the CDC recommendations came out. I took off my mask. I waited for her. There was no one else around. She got off the bus with her little mask on. She had to wear her mask. I didn't on the walk home. When are kids going to be able to take off those masks and play outside at the playground? You know, that's going to be the same thing that I mentioned a moment ago. It's going to be a situation. Well, first of all, kids will ultimately wind up getting vaccinated, but you want to have some activity in that direction before they do. High school kids will likely get vaccinated as we get into the fall term and children of any age will likely be vaccinated by the time we get to the end of the year. But let's not. But isn't it a weird situation because I'm not fully vaccinated yet? I can take off my mask and walk home. She can't. Like, aren't, doesn't that just point up that these CDC guidelines, there's some kind of disconnect if that's the situation? Be a hero, Savannah. Tell the truth. Okay, call this out. The ridiculousness of this, the criminal ridiculousness of masking children. I really just can't even. Um, the Biden mumble to the union, which we'll talk more about with Colonel Jim, but I just want to play this delicious audio of the Obama talking about how shovel-ready jobs not so much. The Recovery Act and our actions to fix the financial system were decisive in starting to turn the economy around. Growing uh, at a good clip. I'm calling this the recovery, the summer of recovery. The summer of recovery, or I might even call it the summer of projects. Our economy is stronger. That economic heartbeat is growing stronger. All of them have projects that are shovel-ready. Shovel-ready projects. Shovel-ready projects. We are seeing shovels hit the ground. Shovel-ready was not as uh, (laughs) shovel-ready as we expected. The next two years, our job now is putting our economy into overdrive. Isn't it funny? Because it's like deja vu with them. They're going to, Democrats are like a thief steals your wallet, helps you look for it, and then gives themselves credit for finding it. They break it, and then they say they're going to fix it. It happens every single time. I don't understand why Democrat voters just don't see it, Uh, especially, you know, black voters. They say they're going to fix your problems. They never do. You know, anyways, it's just unbelievable. But you know, we played, I played clips of Jonathan Gruber, you know, talking about the stupidity of the American people when passing Obamacare. Biden talks about trillions and trillions of dollars from the mysterious tree of money that's supposed to be there, you know, supposed to fix all the problems, not even going to, not even going to do what they said. There were no shovel ready jobs. It was all to unions. Rush talked about that. You know, the, the uh, Makia Bright, obviously this is a horrible situation right in the middle of the Derek Chauvin verdict. The Makia Bryant shooting, shooting happened this week. You know, even though the completely ignorant LeBron, you know, he, he uh, threatened the cop's life in a tweet he later deleted. Val Demings, Democrat, surprisingly actually said it was justified. You know, she was a police chief. She's a Democrat, but she was a police chief. And she's black, which is obviously, you know, gives it some kind of credibility. But, um, you know, she came out and basically said that the the Makia Bryant shooting was justified. He he operated according to training and LeBron should just keep his mouth shut. And yes, shut up and dribble because he's a race baiter. No one wrote N, the N word on his garage. He said that because he wants to be important other than just dribbling a basketball. You live in a hundred million dollar house. Candace did an awesome video about this. You should check it out on, on um, YouTube. But the reality, and I said this last week, if the girl in pink, which you can't say her name because she's a minor, duh, had been stabbed to death, not a single Democrat would know her name. Instead, they go forward and try to make it political. So they don't really care about the black girl who got saved. They just care about the black girl who got killed, trying to kill another black girl by stabbing her to death. And the whole family's messed up. Okay, nobody's talking about that either. Why was she in foster care? Now her mom is trying to cash in. But this is a great clip from Marcellus Wiley calling out LeBron James. Very good. You know, this is what needs to happen more. Okay, 
you can criticize. So Marcellius is black. Obviously, you know, you should be able to criticize someone who's black just because they're stupid. It doesn't matter that they're black. Stupid is stupid. Okay. Forrest talks about it. Stupid is as stupid does. LeBron is stupid. Okay. He's a multimillionaire, probably going to be a billionaire someday. He's still dumb. He still doesn't know what he's talking about. He's still trying to race bait and divide the country. So here's Marcellius Wiley calling him out. LeBron, until all the facts come out, till you watch the video, till you come out and see what's right from wrong in this situation. He should have passed in this moment. Mm -hmm. You know, people always say, and I'm not agreeing with that. Shut up and dribble. Nah, just shh and pass. Wait for it to come. And then you'll be able to see things clearer. But this is what happens when you want to be first, not right. And he has that platform. He has that power. He has those followers. And he knows that those people are listening for every single word that he's going to profess. So it's crazy. You said check your emotions if you're not emotional. I'm going to check them. Because emotions can't trump logic. And that's what's happening. Your agenda can't go before your acumen. You can't pander before your principles. But LeBron James, man, it's been a lot of missteps, man. And... I'm not going to balance it out because I think the good outweighs the bad, certainly. But LeBron James has to understand, man. He goes out there and says, well, you know, we live in two different Americas. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't believe that America's divided. I just think we're different. And right now it's getting highlighted more so than ever. So it's getting exaggerated. LeBron says he's scared to leave his house. Why? What? I'm not scared to leave my house, and I'm not LeBron James. I'm not enamored like LeBron James. He's scared to leave his house? We could have that conversation another day. LeBron James in this tweet, what does he say? Oh, man, the system. The system? The same system that is so broken, it allowed you to become a billionaire and never get arrested in it. But the system is broken. Are oh, you speaking for other people? We have enough people out here telling us what not to do, what goes wrong. How about somebody who has made it? Single parent. LeBron James, what, he went to 10 different homes, uh, moving around Ohio his entire childhood? I would love to hear that story of how you became LeBron James against all odds instead of always professing the odds are against all people. But the irresponsibility that shows in the micro makes me say be responsible about the macro. Like, dog, 250 black people killed by police every year. That's 250 too many people. Mm -hmm. But in the macro sense, there's 7,500 homicides to black people every single year as well. I'm not saying LeBron, you got to put the focus on that fully, but let's be responsible. We're going to just go in there and say, I want to save 250 people, which we all do. But there's 7,500 in totality that never gets the discussion because the people with the platform are not highlighting that. And that's, look, I grew up, I grew up trying to navigate around that. Mm -hmm. I am not scared of the police, brother. I wasn't then. I'm not now. Most delicious. More people need to have courage. Okay. I have said this only black people can solve this problem because they're doing it in the name of black people. So that's that's all that can happen with that. So on the poo, I mean, I'm sorry, sorry. The view that show that is the cackling heifers, uh, they talked about media bias because apparently a couple of stories that Fox had run, the, the hamburger story, I guess, wasn't true. You know, that Biden had said you can only have one one burger per month. And everybody, I guess, was tripping about that. So them talking about media bias in any other way other than to admit their own is laughable. I know. And I normally wouldn't play this rhino. And did you know that John McCain was her father? I bet you did it because I bet you never heard this before. Yes, I know. Megan McCain calling out the poo, I mean the view, for their rank hypocrisy. They weren't ready. They weren't ready. We talk about this a lot. What is, you know, when people write inaccurate stories, don't we have an obligation to try as media people, all media people, to bring the news as it is accurate and then check the stories before we put them out? I am the token conservative in media, in mainstream media. I'm the only conservative woman in all of media. And the reason why is there, a, there is a token is because the mainstream media only feels like there needs to be one on a show like this. That, that one person out of five represented means that there's enough conservative media coverage. What I have found interesting working in what I consider liberal media is not the stories that we talk about, but the stories that we don't talk about. There's been a lot of stories, like, for example, we've never once talked about Hunter Biden as a hot topic on this show. 
show, whereas Ivanka Trump or Donald Trump Jr. cough in the wrong direction, and it probably would have taken up the first two blocks. So I, I think it's really interesting. I don't agree with uh, the, the stories that Fox said. They should obviously do a correction. I think John Roberts is one of the best reporters out there, hands down, uh, across the board. I disagree like vociferously with that, with what you said, Sonny. And I also, you know, it, it's interesting because my my husband and I, uh, you know, exist in, in our whole world is conservative media. He founded and runs one of the most influential and highly trafficked conservative websites on the Internet. And the reason why these outlets like this need to exist is because everything else is liberal everywhere else. There, There's a reason why Fox is killing it in the ratings and laps everyone else. It's because it seems like it's rigged. It's rigged every place else that you know that people on CNN, you think Jim Acosta isn't an activist? I don't have any trust in people on CNN anymore. So I, I just, I take uh, such umbrage at, at, at this entire concept that liberal media, which runs all of media, all of tech, all of entertainment, all of music, all of culture, all of politics, all three branches of government, I'm supposed to feel bad because there's two things from Fox News that have like, have been inaccurate. I mean, let's go down the list every day of the things that are inaccurate on CNN and MSNBC, and then we can talk about fairness in the media. Yeah, they don't care. And by the way, Rudy Giuliani was, you know, we talked about this with uh, Jim. We're going to talk about this with Jim is that Rudy Giuliani got raided, not Hunter, and they didn't want the laptop either. Isn't that interesting? So, you know, they're not interested in justice. Apparently, the entire system from tip to toe is corrupted. And now, disgusting. Biden is possibly going to go after the Marines who don't want to take the, the jab, right? So it's tyranny. We're under tyranny. We're under a coup. So I'm not honestly sure which is worse, cackling Kamala or cackling Kankles. Either way, they're both awful. And I'm really kind of sorry for doing this to you. But here it goes. Okay. <laughs> You're considered the most liberal United States senator. I somebody said that and it actually was Mike Pence on the debate stage. But. Yeah. Well, actually, the nonpartisan GovTrack has rated you as the most liberal senator. Let's talk about Peggy. You once Come again on. gave a non-answer. Joe Biden gave a non-answer. <laughs> Trying to answer you the now. American people deserve a straight answer. And is that a socialist or progressive perspective? No. <laughs> be important if you said the truth. Joe Biden said twice in the debate last week. You landed haymakers on Joe Biden. How do you go from being such a passionate opponent? It was a debate. <laughs> Ron Gold has said that he is for the legalization of marijuana recreationally. Your thoughts on that? That he is entitled to his opinion. <laughs> so if it was legalized all throughout the country and medicinal, would you, you know, do it? Listen, I think that it gives a lot of people joy and we need more <laughs> joy. Yeah, I know. It's terrible, right? But, uh, I just can't even believe it. This, these people are running the show. It's very, very upsetting. But it is what it is. We have to accept it. We have to figure out a way to get them out, right? Vote for conservatives like Anthony Sabatini, like Joe Kent, like any conservative who is America first, MAGA candidate, drain the swamp, get rid of the rhinos, and be done with it. You're listening to Brook Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, and we will be right back after the break. More Brook Talks America coming up. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America with Brooke Says. Connect by Twitter at Talks America. Here's Brooke Says. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, here with Colonel Jim. He's the former deputy director for intelligence at U.S. Central Command, served on the White House National Security Council, currently serves as the Hillsborough County, Florida GOP chairman. And we always like to mention this because we're still super MAGA Trumpers. He was the first retired military officer in Florida to endorse Trump. We stay MAGA. America first. Right, Jim? Absolutely. You received... Three packages of coffee for the Colonel's Cup, smoking musket 
Midnight Run and Bayonet from Stocking Mill Coffee. We had Eddie on the show a few weeks back for a great interview on that. And I know I had my favorite, and I want to promise the audience that I did not influence in any way. Who is the winner of the best coffee of those three? It was Midnight Run. Excellent. And that's the story of Sybil Luddington, the amazing 16-year-old girl who rode on a horse in the middle of the night to go warn the the patriots that the British were coming. So we want to congratulate Stocky Mill Coffee on that and our great Sybil Luddington, the great patriot who's helped save the Union. And they're great coffees. Actually, all of them were really good, but Midnight Run kind of surpassed the other two that I tested and uh, it was a, a, a real good coffee, um, just the way I like it. And hats off to that company. They have a superb product. All right, great. So that's Stocky Mill Coffee. Make sure you check them out. So Biden, the junta, the installed one, Jim, <laughs> had the first ramble of the State of the Union address Tell us something about that. It was very popular, I understand. Just in line with his most votes ever, he got the most viewers ever. Yeah, there's some great pictures out there comparing Joe Biden's State of the Union versus Donald Trump's first State of the Union, and it's just a, it's just a joke. Even yeah. even Chuck Schumer was falling asleep in the front aisle, sprung up, spread out on the on the chairs, and it was that just, was him. That was that Chuck Schumer. Yeah, wow. it was funny. Ted Ted Cruz is there falling asleep. Um, There's a meme out there that has the uh, Pelosi and Kamala falling asleep too. Yeah, I don't and know there, if those there, are true. But. And there's a meme out there with with uh, Mike Lindell putting a pillow behind oh, um, Ted Cruz's God. head so that he's more relaxed. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I wouldn't so be surprised if Biden himself fell asleep. Come on now. <laughs> really? I mean, it, right? it was. And, and you know, I didn't watch the media. It. Here's the real. Here's the real thing that's really funny. The media is going out of their way. And of course, the, the left to say, well, it really wasn't a state of the union. It was a joint session of Congress. Come on. They're, they're trying to play it down because it was such a failure that they don't want to give it the classification of, of a state of the union. Um, and then everything Biden said, it was, if you listen to it, it was, it was just boring, nauseating and, and just totally ridiculous. Some of the, some of the, uh, gaffes that he did in typical Biden fashion, but you know, he, he had talked, more views falling on the stairs of air force one than at his speech. That That's exactly right. That's funny. <laughs> it's exactly right. That that's one of the, that's one of the other real funny things out of it. I mean, Joe Biden is the gift that keeps on giving when it comes to mm-hmm. material for jokes and memes. And, you, you know, he used well, he, he destroys used, the country. Whoever, well, he, ex- exactly. Uh, you know, pulling the strings there. Joe Obama. I call him Joe Obama now. <laughs> yeah. Might as well. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it was, you know, he's building everything around his I guess the count now is 66 executive orders. And the reason he's doing this is because he's trying to force through as much um, policy. uh, And this is the key thing, policy, which is the impetus for taking down the country. And when you look at, you know, we talk about his first 100 days, um, his multiple stimulus bills, uh, the infrastructure bill, you, you know, and here's here's the other one, um, one, one point two or something like that trillion dollars for this is scary. People need to pay attention to this pre uh, pre kindergarten yeah. and child care, child care. This do you know what this is? This is the government taking control of your kids at the youngest possible age for total continued indoctrination. That is what that's all about. And of course they're playing to the sympathies and to uh, young parents who are saying how wonderful Joe Biden is. He's providing adequate (laughs) childcare for our kids. We don't have to worry about having our kids in our house. We can, 
we can send them off to the, these child care centers 24-7 almost. You know, they're going to – and they're and off. Gonna, you know. Let's just analyze this for a second. Who's going to be running those child care centers? Hmm, could it be Democrat unions? Ding, ding, ding. I'll take 100 for uh, that, Alex, right? It's you, a you system it's not going to be like loving and caring system. nannies who care about the welfare of your kids? Yeah. Heck no. No. These, and- this is all about indoctrination. Yeah. And that's the thing. You know, it would be so great if we had an opposition party. Um, I heard there was this. I know you're the chair, so I'm being facetious here. And it's not in Hillsborough because you guys are great and conservative. I heard there was this thing called the Republican Party. You know, I, I'm not quite sure where they are, except, you know, really, they're going after MLB. I feel comforted about that. Cruz is actually going after the MLB, not Google, Facebook, Twitter, you know, them who are taking their base, their own voters off of social media. But I digress. The thing that people need to understand, and J.D. Vance was on Tucker Carlson on a Thursday night talking about this. Parents want to raise their own children. What has happened is, is that feminism has created this system where women feel that they need to go into the corporate world and they're outsourcing the raising of their own children. So this is not about compassion. This is actually a stealth corporate way to be raising your kid to make sure your kids have somewhere to stay if the women happen to deign to want to have them so that they can go back to work because they want people at work. They don't want and that's why they want abortions. This is something that only Tucker talks about, by the way. So we don't want them raising our kids in general. We sure don't want them from the age of two on. Right. Well, there's a great meme out there that says, I've seen, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. I've seen the village and I don't want it raising my child. Absolutely. Yeah. Hopefully the Corona has, you know, opened people's eyes about what's really going on when they send their kids to these state run schools. But I want to get into something that's really wasn't even talked about too much. If they are pushing, pushing, pushing. And I tell you, it's the worst sales pitch ever to say, oh, yeah, a needle in every arm. That's not exciting for me, I can tell you. Why? They're all vaccinated. They're trying to get everybody vaccinated so that they can, quote unquote, get their freedoms back. But they are all vaccinated. And yet they're all wearing masks. All of these people fly back and forth with each other on planes six inches apart okay so when they go in last night it was so sickening first of all the way that the republicans are you you had mittens romney with Maisie harona having a chat like it was past the salt okay they should be not they should be as far away from each other as east is in west from west but the fact that they're sitting there with their masks on every single one of them has been vaccinated And they're sitting six feet apart. Why should I get that? I'm not going to get vaccinated. Why should I get vaccinated if this is how we're supposed to live anyways after you get vaccinated? So the whole thing was a ridiculous, pathetic theater anyways. And certainly the people who are hesitating about hesitation. Uh, about vaccinations are definitely not going to feel any kind of comfort. They're just going to go about their lives like we're doing anyways. And these people are just they're they're giving us the finger, Jim, because it's like they think we're so stupid, like we're not even going to ask these questions. And I tell you, Democrat voters must be that stupid. And they get a virtue signal. You know, it's a symbol of their virtue to be wearing the mask. But to me, it says Either we don't believe in the mask or we're using all of this theater for manipulation, neither of which I like as a person who pays these idiots salaries. Really? So I want to move on to quickly to uh, the feds raided Giuliani's home. So apparently they weren't interested in. Hunter Biden's computer that has all the likely kitty porn, along with the other subversive, absolutely disgusting things he has on there. So they're targeting the political opposition using the full force of the federal government, the FBI. Isn't that comforting? <laughs> Who didn't see this coming? You yeah, know, right? we, we, we warned of that. We've talked about it and, and others in the conservative sphere have talked about this, you know, and you're exactly right. And this is how the deep state manipulated 
um, the efforts in in Trump's administration, where we we had a lot of investigations going on. You know, everybody waited for the shoot, the other shoe to drop with Comey and Clapper and Brennan, and when were they all going to be indicted? Um, and all this happened. All this was going on, and we were. Uh, of the belief that this was going to happen and nothing happened. And then all of a sudden, you know, we, we actually had a preview of it when they raided Roger Stone's house over totally overkill yeah. in what they needed to do. They went into Giuliani's apartment in New York and did this and, you know, who's next now. One Victoria Tunsing, Victoria Tunsing. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's coming, you know, I, I was, I was talking to, Mike Flynn over the weekend because he was in town and we were talking about that where, you know, he's he's concerned. He, they've already got a, another lawsuit in the works against him and yeah. he's anticipating um, that occurring. Of course, there's there's one little thing. We, of course, we're not gonna t- I can't talk about it here, but um, yeah, we don't have much time. We have about a minute and a half left. Okay. So I want to get a couple points really quickly. So on the on the Regard to the FBI, okay, so this is the most fearsome law enforcement agency in the country. They've raided Giuliani's home. Do you know that they just classified the attempted murder of Republicans by a Bernie bro who literally went to D.C. to go kill some Republicans, asked where they were playing on the softball field, then proceeded to go and attempt to murder them as suicide by cop. So the FBI, along with all of the other agencies and institutions in America, seem to be completely falling apart, which is absolutely disgusting. Very quickly, um, Ashley Babbitt's family is suing the Capitol Police for 10 million. Love that. I don't know. Isn't it interesting how his, the, the, the person, whatever he is, he might be a Mark who shot her face point blank in the face has not been identified, but all of the other cops are. But very quickly, I want you to get into the John Kerry leak classified intelligence to Iran. You've got about a minute and a half to go for that. Okay. We all know John Kerry and his uh, big role. He played as secretary of state in the Iran deal. You know, Trump got rid of it. They want to bring it back. John Kerry decides to get even. So he goes takes classified information, U.S. government classified information, very highly classified in, in, in some circumstances, and reveals to the Iranians that the Israelis were behind 200-plus uh, operations inside Iran. Um, of course, the Israelis were able to intercept John Kerry telling the Iranians what was going on, and it was the Israelis who made this revelation that, oh yeah, look what uh, look what your guy, Mr. Kerry, is doing. He's going to the Iranians, giving classified. This is totally treasonous on the part of Kerry, giving highly classified information, revealing it to the Iranians. You know, the, the guy needs to be needs to be arrested and jailed. That's what would happen to anybody else in this circumstance. And I think this falls under, let me see, the Logan Act, which is what they were going to try to get Flint with. This whole regime, Hunter, you, you correctly classify it as a Hunter, is absolutely a disastrophe. And unfortunately, the Democrat voters are so uninformed that they're just happy that they don't have any mean tweets from Trump. So our country's in big trouble. No other way to say it. We used, we need like three more hours because we always run out of time and there's so much to cover. Thank you, Jim, for that. Don't forget to check out the um, on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you download the podcast and check them out. All of them are on there. I've listed the names of the guests on all of them and the specials that we have. It's all classified in there. So make sure you check it out. You're listening to Brook Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, here with Colonel Jim, and we will see you next week. You've been listening to Brooke Talks America with author, publisher, conservative advisor, and patriot, Brooke Says. Connect by email, info at brooktalksamerica.com. By Twitter, at Talks America. And listen next Saturday night for more Brooke Talks America on AM 860, The Answer.